<laughs> I don't think I was right. <laughs> no, I think you were. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Weird Science. Because I think that's what partners. You're that's what that is. I think that is. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's like weird science. I mean, something else, and I can't put my finger on it. Maybe that. Maybe maybe we just figured out. Maybe our intro is some kind of. <laughs> I'm trying to figure form it out. Weird science. I don't know. You, every great science. artist steals. Maybe. So how's your weeks? Um, it's been good. How was how was yours? It's been really nice. I I'm fortunate enough that I've had this entire week off for Mardi Gras, which is you. very nice. Do not hate me because I get to experience some joy. Be thankful for your friends. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> if it were me off, you'd be like, I hate you so much. I would have said I was jealous. Is this is this going to be the whole show? Maybe it might be. I mean, we, it's, yeah, it's okay. very possible. All right. Well, so we went and saw a play last weekend. It seems like every single time that there's like a weekend coming up, we have a show to see. Yes. It's like constant. Well, it's great. It's like we get to live in the embarrassment of riches. I guess that's true. I mean, it is it is like you want to go and see everything and you try really hard to see everything, but it is so hard. It is impossible. Well, you also have your own things, your own life to live. I know, but in, but people get really upset when you don't go and see their things, I have noticed. Um, well, I mean, not everybody, but like if you're not able to make it to something, it's like people take personal offense to it almost well i think it's because the the prominence of you yeah you're so prominently known in the theater community that it is noticed when like say you don't show up when i'm not laughing in the audience yeah i we were being stared at pretty hard yeah i mean we're kind of loud or i think it's just well not because of our loudness good i think that when we first got there like being stared at like oh my gosh (laughs) that's those tuna boys they're gonna they're gonna talk about this on their podcast. <laughs> don't think that at all. <laughs> I do. I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's more or less like you know when somebody shows up that has an opinion. You know, yeah. kind of a thing. Who knows? I I just I wish that there wasn't so much like oh my god you know I have to go do this I have to go do this I have to go do this so that people aren't upset with me. I feel like. It's been so long since I just went and saw a show because I was interested in the show. Yeah. And I really don't know when that was. <laughs> Hades Town. I guess that's true. But it's it's like, oh, I haven't gone to see a show just because I was like, oh, I'm really excited about seeing this play. Mm-hmm. It's always, and and I'm not trying to sound like a jerk or anything. It's just like, I mean, I'm going because I want to support. Yes. For the most part. But and there is a certain level of politics when it comes to local theater that you have to sort of maintain. It's like, yeah. I have to go see these people that I also would like to work with. Mm-hmm. I would want I want them to be in our shows, too. Yeah. So we have to make appearances at certain things and events as often as we can, I personally right. feel and believe. I mean, I feel the same way. And I think that, you know, if we can, then we should. But I also, you know, I was thinking about this. Um as I was, you know, around downtown yesterday and uh, since I had, you know, off from school, I was able to go and actually like talk and meet with some people about business stuff, which was kind of awesome. 
And I was looking around and I realized, you know, that doesn't necessarily end with just the performing arts community either. Yeah. And another, and it like I, I art openings or anything like that. I mean, we try to go, but that's never really our priority. And so it's, it's kind of like, okay, so we need to start trying to work in some of these other things that are going on so that it's not just like, Oh, we're just always supporting this one thing because Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we have other artists that come out and support us. I think that's really the big thing for me. It's like the people are going to take the time out of their schedule to come and see something that we're doing. I want to make sure that I'm also equally supporting them. And they're if they happen to be business owners, like their business, yeah. you know. Um, so I just, I, I don't know, just that kind of like locally minded, like community minded focus, I guess, mm-hmm. of trying to reach out. But I realized that I'm definitely failing in all other areas that are not performances. Yeah. And I think one reason why it's also kind of gets exhausting as far as, you know, seeing everybody's shows is that it's not just the like local amateur theater groups or anything like that. It's also kind of in our community has become like the high schools have also been wrapped into this. Yeah where it's it's uh, it's like it's different like the high schools are now also their own theater companies yeah <laughs> or like like that's what it's look, looked at and i really think that's because most of the high schools don't perform at their school they use the the theater that's downtown like the big touring theater that's mm-hmm. downtown and they rent it out and they put on their shows there and i, I don't know and there's just so many of them oh just, for sure yeah which is also interesting, and I'm I'm not totally, you know, I went and I saw one of the high school theater productions a couple of weeks ago, and um, and it was really awesome. But while I was sitting in the theater, it was really hard for me not to constantly think, like, why, why is this high school theater in particular? Why are why do not why why do not they have? <laughs> Why do not they have? <laughs> yes, Master Yoda. Mm, why do not they have? <laughs> so, like, your impressions here recently are so good and astounding. I do want to compliment you on that. Uh, that's fat. that's sad because I was thinking this is going terrible. I, why did I go down this path? Pull the shoot. Pull the shoot. <laughs> Deep. Uh, sky. Wah. Cat. <laughs> oh, it's what he says. He says there is a not there. It's not. <laughs> like, it's like, come on, just either say it or die. Yeah, like, you that, can't say it and die. It's so interesting time. that you. That I'm gonna. We're gonna circle back to the actual topic at hand. But yeah. it's so interesting to think that like the original version of Yoda was almost as if watching you now, like he was choking the entire time he was trying he to was, say his he words, was like. Oh. Uh, yeah, but as the series goes on and they go back to like the prequels, Clone Wars, and stuff like and then that, then it's just like, yeah, it's simple, totally, totally easy. It was definitely easier to understand mm-hmm. when it wasn't Jim Henson, right? That's who was doing that, Frank Oz. Frank Oz, yeah. I, I know that's terrible. I get those like confused about what they actually did. Anywho, so, um. <laughs> 
I went and I'm sitting out in the audience and I'm watching these kids and it's really awesome. It kind of like made me feel like when we see shows at the, or when we do shows at the Fox, I can't remember the last show I saw at the Fox, but when we do shows there, because you know, you have people that don't necessarily have the, uh, the means, um, and the ability to spend a whole bunch of money on something Mm -hmm. and, uh, you're servicing a population that's normally underserved. And so they may not necessarily have been given the ability to, you know, be in theater since they were very small Yeah, and they weren't able to afford that. So I'm watching this show and I'm thinking, you know, this is, this is like our school budget, like our, um, like the Rapids Parish school board mm-hmm. allocates these funds to all these different schools. And, this particular school, I didn't understand, like, why Why don't they have the things that the other schools have? Like, why is it so, like, why Why don't they have the same kind of amenities? Like, what? what is mm-hmm. the deal? Why is there a hole in the back of the theater where pigeons are coming in and crapping on the seats? Like, yeah. why, why are there parts of this theater that are condemned? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and, you know... I'm thinking those things. The kids that are on stage, they they are having the time of their life. They're yes. in like the most beautiful place ever. They're, I mean, it is a really pretty theater, but they're getting to perform this show and they're not thinking about anything like this and they're not noticing that they only have like four lights and you know, yeah. that they have no backstage space or, um, or a fly system or anything. And so it's just very... Like, they're still having a great experience and it doesn't take anything away from what they did. But as far as like me as a producer or somebody who and an educator I just don't understand why in our particular school system we have so many high school theaters mm-hmm. when in our parish like where we where we live it's open enrollment for people to go to any school yeah and normally when you have open enrollment, it's because you're going to this particular school because this is really academic heavy or this is sports focused Mm -hmm. or, you know, performing arts focused. And you can pick and choose and go to those schools that focus their energy on that one thing. And instead, what it seems like is happening in our parish, or I guess it's actually my parish. I don't technically live there. Yeah. Um, But... What they're doing, it seems like, is they are spreading all of their resources for this one thing across so many different schools. Mm -hmm. So then nobody really gets anything nice. And there's not really enough educators to go around. And your performers are kind of like you have a weird imbalance where instead of having like a whole bunch of super amazing performers in one spot, you have a couple spread out everywhere. Yeah. And then some people that are kind of like, eh, like I'm, I'm just here. I'm having a good time, but it's not like the thing I want to do with my life. The thing is, and I think maybe one way to really sift kind of like what you were talking about, having several good performers in, you know, spread out. I think one way to maybe work on that is that instead of having open enrollment to say these schools that are supposed to be more focused on performing arts, Mm. you should have to have an audition. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there should then be a... you get in, right? Mm-hmm. And for the other places that are also doing it, then I'm not saying that you need to take away the great performers from that situation, but I am saying like this then affords other people an opportunity because the people that are good typically get all the lead roles. Yeah. And they well, stay in those positions pretty much their whole high school careers. What's kind of strange is that like the the school board said, okay, this they, we're going to have a, or the school district decided that we're going to have a performing arts conservatory. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of looked at, I think, as a way to save a school that was kind of falling. Mm-hmm. And they were hoping that, you know, we have all these other schools, they have these theaters, if we make a hub for it and pour a bunch of money into it, then these kids will want to go to this school and it will help bring this school back up. And what they ended up doing was they made this conservatory program, promised all these funds, and then they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to divide some of those funds we promised you and we're going to give them to some of those other schools so that those other schools can also still do theater. And um, so those things that we promised aren't going to actually happen. But at that particular conservatory school, they do have to audition to get into the program to begin with. Okay. So, like, their kids that are auditioning, if they're in the acting classes i mean they do everything there that's the other thing like they they have technically at this school they have way more theater education than the other schools Mm -hmm. because they have like tech classes and they have somebody that teaches that they have a dance class they have music and they have acting where you're getting a more well-rounded education kind of like what you and i received in college exactly instead of just everything from like one person Mm mm-hmm and so you're getting all these other different perspectives and getting to work with them in the rehearsal process too, which is interesting. And what I don't necessarily get is why did they, why did the district decide they were going to focus all that energy into that one spot and then be like, oh, actually, no, nah, we're going to also kind of give some of this other money away. Well, speaking about, you know, basically local politics, if you will, it's got to come down to look at the sort of income disparity at some of these other places and these other schools. And, mm-hmm. you know, there is a very fair amount of gerrymandering that, um, that, that, that occurs and takes place. Um, which is why we have schools in school districts that are not as well funded. Right. And I think that that's a huge major issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have this open enrollment situation and so all of these people have it in their minds that it, it's the same as sort of like when we talk about doing theater in Marksville versus Alexandria all the time. Yeah. And people think that it's supposed to be a different kind of quality. And it's like, well, no, we're, we're the same people putting on a show in mm-hmm. a different spot. And yeah. it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter that, say, we're doing a show at the Black Box is supposed to. It should have a different feel. Yes. The quality but, shouldn't yeah. change. Yeah. And, and that to me speaks volumes about how people's mindsets are, which is why the school district probably buckled under the pressure of all of the parents and the people who had sort of devoted their kids' time to the previous school that was sort of the leading charge in in performing arts. Yeah. And this other school that is also now pouring a lot of their resources and fundraising for their performing arts. Right. I guess I just look at it maybe for, from a more like <laughs> ideological standpoint of thinking it would just be so much better 
if you know things well, were ran so they appropriately. Should, yeah, they should and, have stood their ground. <laughs> and we're like, we did this, and now, you know, we have these kids that have come to the school for this, and we're not giving what we promised yes. necessarily. And how awesome it would be if we had all these other people that are educators in theater that would, you know, go over there and mm-hmm. start lending their talents to educating and like creating this awesome performing yeah. arts conservatory. But also too, as opposed to fighting against it. There's also, I would argue that you have to look at leadership in sort of those positions. When well, you have yeah, I understand that too. Younger yeah. people who are full of life and full of passion about doing certain things. And they're leading the charges at these other places mm-hmm. versus someone who is, ultimately coming to the end of their career yeah, and is looking to sort of retire, but doesn't pour as much of their lifetime or effort into theater in the same way that they probably once did when they were young mm-hmm. as these other guys. And I say guys, I mean like people in general. Right. I and, um, but uh, it's just so frustrating to see because I'm very much like you and that the school district should have stood their ground and said, Hey, we're seeing these other things happen over here. What's not happening. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to get those people over here because they're clearly bringing a crowd. Right. And it just not an audience, but I mean, you know, people into the program. Yeah. And that's what you want to do. You want to try to build up something that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like. Well, I was going to try to use a I was going to put throw in. I I realize I've realized something about myself that I say a lot of analogies. (laughs) <laughs> you're just now realizing this. And so I'm trying really hard not to be like, well, if you have a scoop of peanut butter and you spread it <laughs> real thin on a long piece of bread, you can't taste much of that peanut butter anymore. <laughs> you know it's there, but it doesn't taste very... I'm like some old Southern guy yeah. <laughs> on the porch. Here at Pepperidge Farms. Yeah. So uh, anyway, but you know, you if you put all of your best things in one spot, you're gonna have a great product. Mm-hmm. That's that's you know, you put your star employees all together, yeah. put them on a project, it's gonna be great. I just wish that things worked a little bit better. You know, yeah, that's that's more more but what I'm doing. But you do see at. collaboration coming from some of these other schools when they're doing these big major projects for the town and for other people and with each other mm-hmm. and for local, uh, you know, theater troops and, and companies and production companies. I think I see kind of, I mean, I do like get to see some of the, the like good things that come from that, but I also see that something has kind of happened in our community that, that I hope someday will change, but that it has become supremely divisive and that people have very hard lines drawn as far as, the organizations they work with, the organizations they don't work with, mm-hmm. and the people that they'll hang out with because, you know, it's it's gotten so, like, cliquish in a way. Like, oh, you you do these this, you do theater here, and mm-hmm. I do theater here. And and I, I just don't really necessarily understand that because we have, you know, the most collaborative art form that there is. Yes. And it doesn't make any sense that, you know, given that we live in a town, even though people that live around here don't really necessarily understand how small our town is. Yeah. Um, but we live in this small town and it's not enough resources to go around to be so divisive. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's no way to succeed if you're not involving everybody and in trying to work together. Yeah. 
And I know that there are just some people that you can't work with and that you yes. have huge artistic differences and those kinds of things. But, you know, I don't really necessarily think that you put those people on blast and try to tear down what they're trying to build up. Mm-hmm. Just, and I guess in a way, you know, just to make yourself seem better somehow, I'm not totally, and I don't totally understand that. I mean, I know that kind of jumps off of the topic of the high school theater situation, but I mean, I am excited. I do think it is a good thing that all these schools have these arts programming, but you know, what I see in schools a lot is that a school wants to tout how much they love the arts and look at these, look, look, they get to do this and they get to do this. And we are, we're, we put on this many shows and isn't this awesome? And your kid could do this because they want people to come. But then whenever it comes to actually backing it, they don't. Mm-hmm. So they want it to exist and they want it as a selling point for those kids that aren't going to be on the basketball or the football team but they don't want to support it. Yeah. And if they do, they are like giving you half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, I've never made, it's never made sense to me. It is very much a numbers game too. I think uh, when you talk about like school districts and getting their numbers up or getting their test yeah. scores up and things like that. But, you know, I, I think another big issue that, that we ultimately have is that we're not building these sort of programs educationally in a way that is setting them up for the next step. Like, Hey, you come here, basically you can pick this college, this college, this college, and you're going to be prepared to go there and we're going to connect you with these people so that you have the opportunity to audition for some schools. And much like I'm sure that when you were at uh, OU, OCU, OCU, yes. When you were at OCU, that you had, I'm sorry, that is like a real big sticking point for people <laughs> that are in that state. It there is are a lot, divided. there are a lot of universities in a very small area yes. of Oklahoma and like, you know, a hundred miles, there's a lot and there's like OCC, yes. UCO, Cameron, you know, but so many schools. Ultimately though, when you were there, I went to the better one. <laughs> <laughs> See, there, there we go. Therein lies the problem. But you, you were set up in a program that set you up for the next step and allowed you to make connections. And, you know, you've told these stories about how, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Kristen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Can't be your- <laughs> but you're. <laughs> I was like, you better don't. You better not name somebody that I've told you a story from college on this podcast. But you know, you have. I immediately that- got so red in the face. I think my eyes are watering. Yeah, I can that see it. You panic. Kristen Chenoweth had- and Kelly yes. O'Hara. Yes, you had these people show up to your university and and have like these. Like, they would seminars. do master- Yeah, they do master classes, and you know, you'd have auditions, and you the university set you up so that you know they want you to work professionally because they want to be able to say it just like a high school should want to say you know our person graduated from our theater program here in the high school mm-hmm. and now these this is the university that they're at and ultimately i think the issue that i'm really trying to hammer home is that we don't have that here in that most of the people that are in these positions have worked here and here only right yeah 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 and don't necessarily seem to Put much importance on auditioning, which is not something that I I, I can't understand. Like whenever we offer acting classes or anything like that, I always do an entire, like mostly the entire thing is all about auditions. I mean, that is the 
point is so that, you know, we're going to do a monologue and this is something you can use in an audition and we're going to work it. And then when you go to that audition, you have a really good monologue. Yeah. So that you can get the show. That's the overall point is to book a show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And for high schools to not set their seniors up for auditions and to, you know, have, I mean, you have four years with these kids in a high school program where you can be auditioning them constantly for every show and teaching them the ways that you audition. So by the time that you go to college to audition for colleges, it's not so scary. I mean, that was one thing that I will say about our program at OCU was that we auditioned. I mean, it was relentless auditioning and it was not very fun. Yeah. (laughs) And they pretty much made you just, I mean, I think I auditioned more in college than in the professional world. And I auditioned constantly in the professional world. But it's great. It sets you up for the next step in life. Oh, yeah. By the time I was auditioning for people that, you know, did this for a living and, you know, I was trying to be a part of their theater companies, it was a cakewalk. It Mm -hmm. was easy. It was just like, all right. I mean, I got so many monologues and songs in my book and I'm ready to go and I've pretty much experienced anything that a person can throw at you in an audition because of Dr. Herndine and Lance Marsh and I'm ready to do what I need to do. Right. So. But it's so far as like I've watched you in so many of these classes and so many of these auditions at this point that you're teaching people how to slate even, mm -hmm. which to me is so surprising. Even it's like you have the option. Do you want to sing or do you want to do your monologue if it's, you know, that kind of audition first? But then to have them not slate yeah. at all. Well, and that I think is an issue for me because when I went to uh, audition for OCU, I the, had only ever done theater in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And when I went up there, the head of the theater program said, um, all right, well, you can just, uh, they like sat down behind the table. And they said, all right, you can uh, just do your slate and um, begin whenever you're ready. And I was like, hmm, cool, 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 yes, my slate. I said, did I need to bring something? And they're like, no, I've got your headshot. You can just slate and begin. I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. yes, yes, what is slate? And they were like, <laughs> Okay. It was so embarrassing. Well, yeah, looking back. Because I didn't understand. I didn't know. And now it's like, oh, of course. Of course that's what it is. But I never had to do that before. And I had been doing theater for like six or seven years by that point. Yeah. In town. And so it just didn't make... I was like, how have I never done this? And it just... So I think for me... Like it has gotten really nice after being in town for so many years when people do come and audition for our shows to have, you know, a younger generation of kids that have worked with us a bunch to come in and be incredibly confident and slate, do their monologues, super professional, and then walk out. It's like, I mean, it's like I won a gold medal. It's huge victory. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that, you know, that, little piece has been brought out but that I mean that is a really important thing about having somebody that's actually been in the business or been around or you know done stuff outside of what people are used to yeah so that you can teach people the right way of doing things because you know there is a right way of doing things and just 
saying we're going to have auditions, but really they're just going to be a cold read is not the right way. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, it might be the right way for you, but you're not really setting your, your people up to learn mm -hmm. much. I mean, I guess I focus more on the educational side of it and preparing people for, you know, if we're going to move, if you're going to move forward with this, you need to know what it's going to be like. Yeah. And also I want, you know, in, in our particular environment, what I'm striving for is a professional environment. Mm -hmm. So when people come in that, you know, we have work to do, yeah. it is a really great time, but it is still a job. Well, you know, after being on the other side of the table and, you know, speaking of auditions and things like that, I used to really like for me personally, cold reads, because it's like I can bring this to life almost freaking instantly. I, I can do it in a way that I think suits my quick wittedness. Right. I do not agree with them at all anymore. Well, cold reads are a nice little scapegoat for somebody who's talented because yes. you can be like. I didn't mean to say that I was I mean, talented, but thank you. I did this, <laughs> and I just read it. Yeah, like right now, and I'm making these choices. So it's almost kind of like a like a handicap, like mm -hmm. you're giving yourself a handicap for no reason. But it's like I really want to see what you've prepared and what you did to bring this monologue or this character, whatever you created to yeah, life. Yeah, what you're bringing to the table. Yeah, and where can I put you in that best suits this show? And mm -hmm. and I'm very excited about. Um, having that in the in the near ish future. Yeah. Yes. And speaking of educational theater, like, you know, we're doing our next show, Little Women, which mm -hmm. is a show that I think a lot of high schools have the opportunity to do, and we're f affording this opportunity to adults, and yeah, it's just this really cool outpouring of people that have sent in forms to audition. It is kind of. It is really awesome that we, you know, at this point have been around for a little bit and people seem to know us at mm -hmm. this point. Like they are willing to, you know, audition. They've like either seen shows that we've done and want to be a part of it. Um, and so it has been kind of awesome. I mean, one thing that I, I will say that uh, that we did this time that I'm so glad that we did because, you know, normally in the world outside of amateur theater, you have to sign up for your audition mm -hmm. and, or you are called in for your audition or you can walk up to your audition. But if you walk up, you have lowest priority. Yes. So, I mean, I have wanted since the I'm beginning, so sorry we didn't get to you today. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you just walked up. You didn't schedule yeah. anything. Um, just like if you walked into a hair salon and they were like, uh, we're really booked up, but if you want to wait, a slot might open up and we can get you in for like, you know, 10 minutes. Um, so I've wanted so bad to bring in time slots for auditions mm -hmm. and, um, thank God for Google forms. This is not an ad, but thank God it was just like the easiest way right. to make that happen. I wasn't necessarily expecting to have so many forms filled out for this. I mean, I know that it was really great whenever we announced the show and everything to have so many different types of people that were super excited about it. I also, out of all the shows in our season, like I knew that Lexi and I were very excited about this show, more Lexi than me, but definitely we were both excited <laughs> about this show. I mean, it is her favorite novel i am watching you slowly fall in love with it though 
Oh, I love, I do love it. I do love it. Um, and I'm really excited for what we are going to do mm-hmm. with it. I think that we have a really solid idea and I'm, I'm excited to see that come to life and hope to God that it works <laughs> just like every time. Yeah. Where it's like, I've got this in my mind and I think it works, but we will see. Only time will tell. But um, anyway, so just seeing all these people that have gotten excited about it out of all the other shows in our season, I didn't necessarily think that this was going to be the one that people were like, oh my gosh, I can't right. believe you're doing this show. And it has been. So, I mean, that's been kind of cool. But to have so many people and different people filling out forms and wanting to audition has been really exciting. And also, it's just so nice knowing who's coming. Yeah. Before just like going up there and setting up a table and being like, all right, we're going to be here for three hours and we'll Hope see what happens. We get the right people. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to start begging and, and pleading with people to be in the shows. Yeah. If you don't get the people that you need. I mean, luckily, I don't know if we've ever begged or pleaded. Well, you know what I mean. But no, I do. But no, no, no. There was one character in one show. You were very frustrated with trying to find someone to fulfill that space. Mm, I've yeah. already forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just remembered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what's sad about that is I had Give filled it. Give him a second. It. He'll get there. I had filled had it. Had too many 10 minute haircuts. That was No, that was unfair. <laughs> I had filled it, and then we were like, you know, waited a year. And then I filled it again, and then I filled it again. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was just, we just went through three, mm-hmm. three actors. But that was kind of terrifying. And ultimately, we landed in the absolute perfect spot. Best space, yeah. Yeah. So even though it was the biggest headache to get there, but it was really awesome. But, but it was it was, it was was like you were saying a few weeks ago about how you we're tired of convincing people to try to, you know, come and have, to have a good, a good time, time with us. Mm-hmm. It is difficult. And what I think is going to be the biggest problem with Little Women is going to be... Um, the heartbreak of being told no. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a real thing, I think, now in our particular community because there seems to be a... Um, um, I don't... I was about to say illness, but that's not the right word. No. <laughs> there, there is a... Um, like when something is normal, like whatever that is, I can't, I can't even think of the word right now. Like when something is done this way a lot, but it's anyway, the standard way. Of there we go. So it's become a new like standard of everybody gets in the show somewhere, yes. no matter what. And I don't know why that is, but I mean, from a producer's standpoint and from a director's standpoint, that is a huge nightmare. Yeah. And I don't want to waste someone's time is the other thing. I don't want to put somebody in there and be like, all right, I'm casting you as the maid on page 23. Yes. And that is it because I have nowhere <laughs> else, but I do need you to bring this tray on Yes, for this scene with T between the aunt and Joe. So that's your role. You're a stagehand in a costume. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to be at rehearsal for that for some reason. And I just can't do that. And I feel like I'm not being a very good director if I'm just to have things in the way that aren't needed. Yeah. You know, less is more. So much, so much more. And um, 
So I think with the amount of people that we have in the show, it's going to be very difficult whenever we have to send those letters out. I mean, that's what it was for Christmas Carol Mm. because that was our first time doing a show where we actually auditioned, you know, people from the community, you know, that wasn't just you and I. Yeah. (laughs) So um, they had to come in and I had to send out a lot of letters of, you know, thanking people for like saying thank you for auditioning for us we do not have a spot for you in this production. We hope that you will come and audition for us again in the future. Mm -hmm. And I got some very not nice responses, but it's like, what do I don't have a spot for you? Yeah. And it's not because you're bad. I mean, it might be, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it's also, it's because you just didn't particularly fit this time, which is a huge bummer, but like not everybody gets in all of the time like you can't always be in the club yeah we've talked about that you know many times before that not everybody is right for every little thing right and then when you have too much texture on the stage it's very distracting and very detracting and we're doing this show in a small space and i can't have i can do this show with 10 people Mm -hmm. i can do it with 10 so why would i add more people yes I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. It's already going to be, if I have all 10 people on the stage at one time, it's already going to look very full. Yes. So if I'm going for this intimate feel and then all of a sudden I've got 22 people up on stage, it's going to look like I have a herd up there, like just stomping around. And to do what? To distract. The only thing that will end up happening, it's not going to add to the show. It's going to distract from the audience members who are three feet away Mm -hmm. in this black box that are looking at this group of people in this party scene that are having a conversation that's not a part of the play. Yeah. When they should be paying attention to Joe and Lori. And that I just I just can't do it. So, you know, hopefully whenever we cast this show, people don't hate me too much. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> well, I mean, you're gonna have to learn one you can't get every little thing that you go out for. No, but you don't I mean, get every job that you put your application in for. Right, but but in our, I mean, I'm obviously I agree with you, but in our in our community, it has become a thing, and I think it's because so many people, instead of putting on a play, are doing workshops, mm-hmm. and that's what they call them. Oh, we're putting on a workshop, and why am I putting on a workshop? So that you pay me two hundred twenty five dollars. Yes, and so now you're learning something. Are you learning something? Hell no. You're yeah. not learning anything. What you're learning is how to read a Where's rehearsal schedule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and show up and not do anything. Like, I mean, I, because there's so many people. And so if you're paying to be in a show, of course you're not going to, you're going to be in the show. They're not, you're not going to not get cast because mm-hmm. you're a paycheck. Yeah. And I mean, that might be very harsh, all those things that I just said, but that's, that's reality. Mm-hmm. And with, so many people doing that all of the time. It's like, well, I'm going to audition. I'm going to be in this, right? What am I going to be? We're like, well, no, I'm not going to create a role of a toad for you. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if we did Tuck Everlasting and I actually had a real life toad? Uh, <laughs> Just like some little kid but we're not, out there. We're not asking for money when we, you know, basically hire people to be in shows for us. Right. No. Uh, I'm asking for your time. Yes. That is what I'm asking for. And that's very important. I'm also asking for your ability and your passion. That's what I want. 
I want the ability to tell the story in the absolute best way possible. And sure, it's probably not the most business sense, but like I just cannot imagine. I mean, I just don't understand. Like when somebody pays to be like if I had somebody pay to be in my show, are they now like a stakeholder? Because it feels like you're now a stakeholder. Yes. Because you hear people say, well, this is your workshop fee or this is your production fee. If I'm paying a fee to be in this production, am I a producer? Because I'm now like financially responsible for the show yeah, happening. I, I just <laughs> helped purchase this. So how much of the I'm percent? The yeah. How much percent do I get back once yeah. the profits roll in? Even if it's 0.5 percent. Mm-hmm. I could see if it were like a production deposit. <laughs> yeah. And then you give them that money You're back. You're going to give this back to me after you paid for the theater. But, you know, I don't understand why people now say you're, you know, basically applying for a job and they say you're not the right fit. You you're you face disappointment, right? But with this, with art, it's it's subjective with an objective. And I I just don't understand that you if you really are as collaborative as you say you are, then you have to understand and and I can't I guess I'm not built like that in some way to not comprehend that. Well, I think I'm people not right take it personally this. because it's not it's it's not like, oh, I went out for this job and I didn't get the job because I don't have the skill set. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just gonna get over it. I'll be a cashier somewhere else. Instead, it's oh, I'm being judged as a person because they're casting me as a person in this show and they didn't want me. So I'm being rejected. It's like it's like being rejected by a significant other or something. Yeah. And so I think people take it so personally when really it's not, you know, I would say 95% of the time is not a personal thing. Yes. Like if you audition for a show with us and that other 5% and I know that you're terrible to work with, I'm not going to put oh, you in there. 10,000%. But everything else, I mean, it's all about finding people that work together and that's the thing with little women is you know you have to have four awesome girls that look like they could at least somehow be sisters and sing very specific vocal parts Mm -hmm. and get along and have chemistry (laughs) yeah and the chemistry is the biggest part and in reality like i don't necessarily care if they like looks wise that Mm -hmm. that's never really i've never really cast a show based off of you know like height or weight or hair color or any that kind of stuff like that is just whatever it's more about who's best for the role and the chemistry that they have with the other actors but you know you can't explain that to people I mean I've in the past have had a I remember having a 45 minute conversation with someone's mother on the phone about why I didn't cast their child in a particular role and it's like, well, because there was another part that they should have been because someone else played the role better. Well, I talked to other people and they said that they should have gotten it. <laughs> it's like, well, when they put the money up and they yeah. produce the show, make sure that your child is there because apparently they are already cast. Yeah. And isn't that wonderful? But it's not in mine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth. And I just, I just will never forget trying so hard, even though like that whole conversation was so inappropriate as far as what the person was asking of me Mm -hmm. and the fact that the phone call even happened in the first place, but it was very obvious that it was, oh, I want you to feel bad because you did this to my kid. 
I was like, no. Well, little Billy should be a pitcher. Well, little Billy should be a right fielder because <laughs> he's not very good at throwing. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. I just. It, it's just that whole thing is just so strange to me mm-hmm. all the time. And I know that people get their feelings wrapped up in it because it is your kid or whoever. But I mean, I I have heard from people's parents who were not kids, and that's also very interesting. Been like, well. I think your 20-year-old can give me a call if they have any questions. But also, and I don't know the the end result to maybe that particular situation, but you you could be potentially robbing your kid of having this great experience with all of these other kids on stage. Right, it wasn't that I didn't... The joy of doing a show. Because I did cast this particular person in a role. And then without any sort of conversation, the parent took them out of the show completely. Yeah. And I was like, well, all right. (laughs) And then I'm sure, you know, filled their child's head with all of the sort of vitriol that they'd spat at you, like, oh, you deserve this, which is fine, I guess. But it's also then creating this different kind of mindset that, that your kid never wants to work with, say, you again. They never did. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I don't want to work with Cody because, you know, he thinks I'm not good enough or he won't give me the role that I deserve. And That one time he wronged me. Yeah. It's not personal. <laughs> you don't fit if you don't fit. I, like yes. You can't make a corner piece work in the middle of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. It, do, it just does not work that way. There's your analogy. There you go. You're not going to take a puzzle piece and put peanut butter on it. Because <laughs> it gets too thin, you can't... Tasted it, but you know, in some <laughs> worlds, we'll cast Sutton Foster and then drop the song so she can there you belt go. better. Oh, look at you! That's true. Put a nice little bow on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going backwards. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to like jump off into the um, the politics of theater situation, but I do think that you know people in small communities that are in the arts. I do think that leadership is a huge, huge factor Mm -hmm. in all aspects of it. And I I think that, you know, one of the reasons why certain, you know, situations that we have with people being very divisive about different companies has a whole lot to do with the people that are leading those companies and with the people who are ultimately leading the arts in our community. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just hope that, I hope that someday that changes. So this weekend, I get to be, uh, I get to do one of the most stressful things that I have ever done in theater. A ring bearer. No. Oh. I was a ring bearer once, but that was I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Did not go well. Um, I get to uh, be a gel changer. Ooh. It is the absolute worst technical job <laughs> after all of these soapbox and preaching moments <laughs> there's no small thing that anyone ever does in the theater. no no i'm saying it is horribly stressful and i hate it so much i hate it so much but kendall asked they have a um they have a a dance troupe that has toured in and he he needed a deck hand and a gel changer. He was like, "So, uh, you think you could do this for me?" The last time that we had to do gel changing, or that I helped him with gel uh, being a gel changer, which is when they have lights lined up on some light trees in the wings, 
and in between the movements when it goes black, mm-hmm. you have to run and change all of the gels really fast for the next lighting yeah. segment. So it could be like four lights per tree and you've got like five light trees. And when we did it the last time, it was when Parsons Dance was here and they had blacked out the entire theater because they had this um, like cool dance they did where they had this guy with a strobe, uh, like a strobe light essentially, but it, he had a clicker on it. And so it was like a, it was more like a flash. So it would flash and he would control it, but it was right when he was jumping. And so he would was like running and he would jump and flash. And, but it looked like, because he was doing it so quickly that he was flying across the stage. The effect yeah. was really cool. Um, but they had blacked out. They had removed all of the light from backstage. And we had these gels and I had to like check them to make sure that they were in the right order and then just remember what was the top and what was the bottom and just like run <laughs> <laughs> and it had to be super fast because it was like in between the people changing and it had to be done by the time the lights came back up and they were just like really intense. And I'm really worried that that's the situation that I'm going to be in again. And I'm just, I don't want to do it because <laughs> I'm going to mess up. And I, mean, I know that not having that amber gel and that one light is going to just make that, technical director that came down with him lose his mind. I mean, that's really his problem. Mm-hmm. It's what you get for hiring local yokels. It's not hiring. <laughs> well, it's what you get for... For letting me be there. Yeah. I should I should just get a shirt that says volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> In the theater world, that's like being uh, um, Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. I volunteer. I volunteer. I'll be the gel changer. It's Ooh, fine. Sorry. I will do it. But I mean, I I mean, it's going to be cool. I have no idea what this dance troupe is going to be like. Their title is the Urban Bush Women, mm. so it could go so many different directions. I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I was wondering. I was like, man, I wonder if they're going to sell some tickets to this. Like, there might be some really disappointed people, some super excited people, and very few people that show up and actually get what they think they're going to get from this show. And I have no idea. I did see a drum. So there's going to be a drum used. And I know that they have an entire drum kit that has to show up on stage at one point. But who knows? Well. By the time this airs, it will have already happened. I will have already changed the gels because I'm going tomorrow. Genuinely had to think about what day this was coming out. I was like, (laughs) wait, no. Yeah, because I'm going to be there tomorrow. So we'll, we'll see. It is kind of interesting, though. I mean, I I don't really know much about them, and I think that it is great to be exposed to different types of theater that you know you don't mm-hmm. necessarily see all the time, or dance that you don't see all the time. I just don't like understand why they are here. Yeah. <laughs> like, wh- did you not was... hear that Alexandria is really like the dance mecca of the state? Well, it has definitely become that way. <laughs> I mean, I know that our our arts council got a grant to bring in dance troops, but it does kind of seem like we are bringing in dance troops constantly, and that is it. And that one theater company from New Jersey. <laughs> and I do 
you know, oh, I can't, I can't not say it. I have not seen one freaking advertisement about this at all. Oh yeah, no, none at all. How am I so connected into the art community I know. and see nothing? Well, and that's kind of when I was asked to do it, I was like, what, what, what is the only reason why I knew the name was because I was trying to book the theater for the same time that they had the Urban Bush women coming in. Mm. And so they were like, oh, no, we have uh, we have this here. So you're not gonna be able to use it that weekend. It's like, all right, that's fine. And so that's the only reason why I knew that the name was on the calendar. And then whenever I got a text asking if I could help out, I was like, oh, that's happening this weekend. No idea. I had no idea. Found out yesterday, Hmm. which is insane. I mean, if anybody should know, it's us. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we're like. Friends with all of those people. All of those people. So not even like, oh, I just missed it on social media. It's like I did, nobody said this to me. And I see I every other theater company's constantly. ads on Facebook. Yeah, constantly. And it's not even ads. It's just people posting things. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, some of them are targeted ads, but that's a totally different thing. But like just people posting things and I see them on my news feed. Well... I feel like the only thing that they did for this was yard signs. And I am only saying that because I saw a yard sign downtown. It was like, oh, well, there you go. I didn't see that until, like, I don't know when they put them out. But there's no <laughs> way that yard signs still work in the same way. I just don't understand. Like, how is that not just throwing your money away? That and billboards to me. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you can't just advertise your stuff on social media, you do have to go somewhere other places, but we know that in our community, the best things that work is going on to the news and the radio mm-hmm. and Facebook. I'm still lobbying to <laughs> and posters, a like posters with a big do work. banner behind it. Oh yeah. Come see little women. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that will cost more than the entire production. I'm just saying it might fill the seats just for the banner. <laughs> No, no, we'll make that. <laughs> in fact, I know a guy. You're just gonna we quilt can get this it. Done. You're just gonna quilt it. Yeah. In fact, we'll, we'll, we'll have Adam fly the plane. Yes. One of those little remote control planes ought to be perfect. See. So this is very small. This Handle. is like a foot long banner that you're gonna fly well, through you're the streets with a drone. You're already crushing my dreams, and I still want it to happen. <laughs> you're just gonna put this on the back of a drone. Can it be in the middle of the production? <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to have Adam fly his drone no, no, downtown. No, no, no. I've seen where him. Where there's a group of people, he just slowly lowers it I've with the advertisement. I've seen him audience members with his <laughs> he aerodynamics. Did, well, to be fair, I did ask him to use a drone in the theater one time, and he was like, oh, no. No, no. that's a really bad idea. No. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it's also very, too. very, very um, not legal. Yeah. Yeah. He said that too. He said that too. Because people say that all the time in movies like, oh, they must have flown a drone by that actor. It's like, no, that's highly illegal and completely unsafe. Because if the wind catches it, that's it. So hopefully, you know, we had this conversation where we literally spoke facts and didn't talk about anybody in particular, but I'm sure somebody's going to get mad <laughs> about our podcast. Who cares? Yeah, I guess. Maybe that's Kristen. True. Chinoweth. Chinoweth. <laughs> Another panic all over you. You know what? This has been a fun chat. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. It was, it was a good time. Well, I don't think we really necessarily solved any problems, but we definitely spoke them out into the universe. <laughs> we feel better. Weights are off our I chests. am really excited to audition for Little Women and to announce our cast and mm-hmm. to get working on the show. I am 
super pumped about it. I think it's going to be a great time. I'm also really excited to work with Aline Owens again on the music. I haven't worked with her since, I mean, she wrote the first show that I was ever in. The Pig? No. What do you sing? You talk about a pig? No. You've she did write it. She did write a song oh. about a pig. Oh, that's crazy. But I wasn't no. in that show. She wrote that song about the pig that <laughs> she wrote a song that a pig sang that was a jazzy pig. <laughs> and he sang with a corncob mic and <laughs> and wore a top hat. And it was like dun na 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 na. I'm naked. Dun na 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 Under my clothes. Dun na na na. I'm so very naked under my clothes. You're welcome. It was a really funny show. It was a little kid's show. It was yeah. hilarious. I, I think, I think the song is superb. It was really funny. No, she wrote. It was a little derivative of another she song. Wrote, but. Yeah, she wrote a show called Disco's Dead, and it was very fun. But it was something that I did that was absolutely terrible because I was horrible, and she had to she had to work that work on that with me. But she's an amazing musician, and I'm really excited to work on this music with her and just get to hang out with her because she's super positive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just yeah, like she's crazy like all fun. over the place, bubbly. Oh, yeah, all the time, too. So I'm really excited about it, and I'll announce it. And if you're listening to this, you should come and audition and fill out a form. It's coming up. <laughs> a Google form. Yes, fill out the Google form. I did have somebody say, oh, I can't access this Google form through Instagram. I was like, cool. Go to our website. <laughs> Follow the link. This was also a younger person, but I immediately thought if you can't if you can't get there on your own, I don't know if this is going to work <laughs> out. I think the audition's complete. Like if you ha- if I already have to drive you to the audition for. <laughs> yeah, if I have to get you there and you're supposed to be the technology generation or whatever, I just I'm yeah. feeling like this is going to be a hard pass. Because the first time I send out the... And there's the 5%. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) It is personal. Oh, man. Maybe I shouldn't have added that little button on the end. (sighs) I should have let you end it when you ended it. I tried. Hey, that was Chris. And that's Cody. Offanopolis. Possible to know this information. I informed you.